message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. A number of years ago, I was invited to go to New Zealand on vacation. I have family down there, and a friend invited me down there. So I went down there to check out New Zealand. I was down there for about 10 or 12 days. And while we were there, uh, hanging out on the beach, I I was invited to go to these ancient caves. And uh, the idea of a cave doesn't sound good to me. I'm thinking of like bats hanging off the ceiling. I'm not really into the idea of caves. Um, And uh, they said, well, this cave is different. This cave has glow worms in it. And I'm thinking, worms, cave worms, I'm not really into the idea. I'm I'm thinking in my mind when I walk in the cave, it's going to be like the Batman scene. You guys remember with all the bats flying around? I'm like, I'm not liking that idea. And if that doesn't work out that way, I'm thinking these worms are going to be falling on my head. And I'm thinking, I do not want to go check out a cave with, with worms in it. But I was told that if you really want to experience this island, you need to explore it. If you really wanted to experience it, you have to explore it. So reluctantly, I went, and we, we drove out to this place, and then we hiked to the, this hillside, and then, and then I was really surprised to see the entry of the cave was a lot smaller than I thought, a lot smaller. So I had to bend down to get in, but that's not it. There was water flowing out, so the water is, is past your knees. So you get in this water, and you walk into this dark black cave as you as you bend down through the cave. Now, I'm thinking there's a caveman on the other side and he just clubs people and they never hear from you again. And so I have all the worst ideas of what's gonna happen in this cave. The whole idea is kind of freaking me out a little bit. But I get inside this cave and nobody clubbed me. But here's the deal, it's dark in there and my friend had a flashlight and so did I. And as we were walking in, I don't know if I hit the wall or the water, but my flashlight went out. I'm in bad shape right now. You, you know how hard it is to see from somebody else's flashlight. You need your own. And then as we're going back in this cave, the water keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And I'm thinking about that scene in Star Wars where that big eel, remember that big eel came up and just grabbed somebody? and start, I'm thinking any minute now, and it's going to come on my side because I don't have the light. So I'm thinking any minute now, there's going to be some big old eel. I'm in this dark cave. The water's getting deeper. We're going deeper and deeper. And then finally, we get to this point towards the back of the cave. And the person told me who had been to this cave before, okay, what you need to do now is just we're going to turn off this light. And the water is deep at this point. Close your eyes. Wait about 30 seconds for your eyes to completely adjust. And then open them. And so much to my surprise, I opened my eyes and I saw one of the most glorious things I'd seen in my life. I was in awe. I was in awe. There were glow worms all around me, but it's almost like standing in the middle of the Milky Way. You are standing out there surrounded. I think we have a picture of it. You're surrounded by these lights. They don't look anything like worms. And all of a sudden you're surrounded. And if you're still enough, the water stops moving and it's reflecting in the water. And you're seeing the lights all around you and all under you and you're like, oh, My goodness, the story is true. If you want to experience it, you have to explore it. You can't experience it unless you explore it. I said, Lord, this is so beautiful. I can't believe it. And I really sensed the Lord saying, I've got so many great things to show you. So many great things to show you. To see his beauty that was so profound and amazing and I was in awe 
and yet it's tucked away from the world where most people will never ever see it, is true also of the kingdom of God, where there is absolute beauty and wonder to see and to behold and to participate in if you and I will explore the kingdom. See, we've been going through a series on following Jesus, and in this series of following Jesus, we've looked at all the different scenarios, the snapshots that we see in Scripture of of Jesus inviting people and them following and the different kind of people he called and and their responses. And and we're looking at what he's calling them to and what he's calling them out of and what he's calling them into. And I want to suggest to you this morning that he was calling them out of the kingdom of the world into the kingdom of God. The Bible refers to it as the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And the amazing thing about the the kingdom of heaven, Jesus spent his entire ministry talking about the kingdom of heaven. In fact, if you look at the very beginning of the story, John the Baptist is on the scene and says to everybody, hey guys, get ready, get ready. Everyone turn your heart, get ready, get prepared because you know what's gonna happen any day now? The kingdom of God is coming. In fact, he uses the word and says it's at hand. Everyone say at hand. That means you can reach out and grab it. It's at hand. The kingdom. Israel's been waiting forever for the kingdom. And guess what? It's on. The kingdom is now. It's at hand. You can reach out any day and grab it. It's that close. So everyone in Israel is out at the Jordan getting baptized by John the Baptist. Even the religious leaders are like, what's going on? We have no idea. And they go out to see him. He's like, the kingdom is coming and it's coming now. Get ready. And it's right at hand. And then all of a sudden, within days, Jesus shows up and he says, hey, everybody, look, here he is the long-awaited Messiah, the Lamb of God who's going to take away all the sins of the world. This is the day we've been waiting for. Essentially, the kingdom, it's here now. It's not even at hand. It's on. The kingdom is on. From this point forward, the Messiah, the King, the Christ is here. The kingdom has arrived. How many of you know the Word became flesh and dwelt among us? The Word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. That's why he will be called Emmanuel, God with us. I will make my dwelling among you, God, walking on the planet, the Son of God, and the kingdom is on. And then Jesus arrived, it's here, and this was the entire focus of Jesus' ministry. In fact, the Gospel of Matthew records this this, uh, term, uh, the kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of heaven. He's using these terms to describe what Jesus is primary message was. Jesus started speaking about the kingdom. He spoke about the kingdom all the way through and he never stopped speaking about the kingdom. And I want to talk about the kingdom today because I believe God is calling all of us to explore the kingdom in a whole nother way because you can't experience the kingdom unless you explore it. And all of us in this room are at different places in our walk with Jesus, either from the outside looking at the kingdom, maybe today kicking the tires like a test drive, kicking the tires, checking out the kingdom. I don't really know the God thing. I'm checking out. I'm not really sure where I sit. I'm open, but I'm not sure. And that's fine. Kick the tires, check out the kingdom. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Because if you taste, you will see that the Lord is good because he is so good. And then maybe you're in the kingdom and you learned about this, but maybe you haven't stepped out in some of the things we're gonna talk about today. And then some of you, 
Some of you, you know what I'm talking about, but you haven't functioned maybe in some of these things in a long time. And God is calling all of us, all of us in this room, to experience the kingdom as we follow Jesus, to not just learn about it, but to experience it as we explore it. And we're going to be looking at the kingdom today. Uh, the first scripture I have, in fact, rather than flipping in your Bible, I, we put them up, we're going to put them up on the screen just because it's going to be easier to look at some of these kingdom snapshots that I'd like to share with you. Uh, Luke 4.43 is the first one. Uh, here it is, the focus of Jesus' ministry. And this is what uh, he says in Luke 4.43. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, listen to this, because that's why I was sent. Why was Jesus sent? Well, to model love, right? And to be the sacrifice and forgiveness, right? All these things, yes. And right out of his mouth, Jesus is saying, you know why I was sent? I gotta tell you about the kingdom. Jesus is saying, I was sent to earth to tell you about my father's kingdom because you're being invited into it and you're gonna get to explore it. Jesus, out of his own mouth, said, I came to tell you about the kingdom. That's why I was sent. It's amazing. And so for three years, for three years, Jesus' public ministry, he's speaking and teaching the people and the disciples, the followers, and he's using parables. The parables are all about the kingdom of God. And he will start his parable saying, the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like that. And everyone's sitting listening and going, so that's what the kingdom is. I didn't know that. See, they'd never experienced the kingdom because Israel was never walking in the kingdom of God. Here is the kingdom of God in a nutshell. The simplified version of God's kingdom. It's the rule and reign of God. The ru- say the rule and reign. Say it like we mean it. The rule and reign of God that came down to earth that you and I get to step into. So since Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, this kingdom is a reality. It is a present reality for all of us to step into. And yet, while it's here, some don't step into it. Some walk around it. And as a result, they're not in the kingdom. They're not sons and daughters of God. They're not citizens of the kingdom. They walk around the kingdom and they do it their own way. But for all those who come into God's kingdom through the provision of Jesus Christ, then you get in on the blessings, the provision, the promises, and everything that goes with the kingdom. And everyone who followed Jesus, he's like, welcome to the kingdom. Walk with me, watch and learn, and you're gonna see how this works. He's inviting all of us, just like he did the disciples, to explore the kingdom, to explore the kingdom. And so Jesus, through all these parables for three long years, is imparting the kingdom He's teaching them things like, here's what it looks like, the kingdom. Uh, Here's who gets into the kingdom. Here's who doesn't get into the kingdom. Here's why people get in the kingdom. Here's how people live when they're in the kingdom. Here's the blessings of those in the kingdom. Here's the provision of those. Here's the protections. He goes on and on and on about life in the kingdom so that the people walking with Jesus would go, I get it. I get the kingdom. The kingdom, I, I remember my years in Bible college and looking back and this topic, I was enamored with it. Um, why? Because it seems like you skip along in a lot of topics and systematic theology and a lot of things you're learning about and end times and uh, it just breaking down all these topics. But here Jesus camped out and spent all three years on the kingdom of God 
and to do it in a class and to move on is like, wait a minute, the kingdom is, is what he invited us into. It's his world, it's his realm. It's a reality, a present spiritual reality that you and I are invited into and we gotta understand it. We gotta come to grow and to know and to explore this amazing, profound kingdom opportunity that we all have. Um, when I was a youth pastor many years ago, I spent a full year with the teens teaching the kingdom. We went through every parable. I'm like, you know what? If there's one thing, if I never see these guys again, they're going to move places, go to school and, you know, travel the world. I don't know where they're going to go. If I can give them one thing, let me give them the kingdom. I'm going to tell them about Jesus, but let me explain the kingdom because I want them to navigate the rest of their life understanding their place in God's kingdom. Does that make sense? If we, if we don't get that, we're, really, we're not really understanding what it's all about. Jesus was all about the kingdom. John the Baptist says, get ready, it's at hand. Jesus arrives and he says, now the kingdom's here. Jesus said, I came to tell you. The reason I was sent was to tell you about the kingdom. Jesus taught parables for three years all about the kingdom, which is amazing. And what's amazing about this, now some of you, this might be surprising because it surprised me to come to terms with this. After Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world, after he conquered death and rose from the grave, do you know what his priority was? He walked on earth for 40 days. Do you know what his priority was? To speak about the kingdom. Think about this. He already taught about the kingdom for three years. He modeled the kingdom. He was the son of the king. The king of the kingdom comes to earth, explains the way, shows the way, makes the pathway for us to have eternity, forgiveness, to enter into God's realm, to function in God's blessings, his provision as sons and daughters, all this. He dies on the cross for the sins of the world. He rises on the third day. And what does he spend the next 40 days doing? Speaking about the kingdom. Really? Is it that important? <laughs> yes, it's that important. It's that important to Jesus and it should be to us. Acts 1.3, this is what it says. Acts 1.3, we have it for up here. After his suffering, here's a summary, the cross of Jesus. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and this is what he did. He spoke about the kingdom. For 40 days? Yep. Really? Wasn't there like so many other important topics? Mm -mm. Because if you understand the kingdom, you understand who you are because of whose you are. And when you understand whose you are, it changes everything. When you understand whose you are, it changes everything. And this is something that we don't need to just learn or know about. This is something we need to know about. Because when you walk out of these doors today, you need to walk out as a son and daughter of the Most High. You need to walk out of here as, as a citizen of God's kingdom. You need to walk out of here knowing whose you are and, and, and this realm that you walk in and this provisions available for you and these spiritual realities that become your realities if you and I will experience the kingdom, if we want to explore the kingdom. Or we can learn about some academics and some Bible studies and memorize some more things and not actually step out into the experience of the kingdom. Experience is not a bad thing, it's a good thing, especially when it lines up with the word of God. When your experiences line up with God's word, that's beautiful. I would say that's maturity. 
when our experiences line up with God's word, we get to experience and explore the dimensions of what God has available and we grow stronger and stronger with, with, with greater and greater true understanding. Um, the kingdom is so important because Jesus said that if we put the kingdom first, God will take care of every worry, doubt, or concern you have in your life. This is important. If you put his kingdom first, he will handle, God will handle, the king will handle every need, worry, and doubt and concern you have in your life. He's like, I got you covered. You just put the, me and my kingdom first and you're good. And that's why Matthew six thirty three, and we talked about this at length uh, a couple of months ago, so I won't get into the detail, but Jesus said, talking about worry and doubt and concern and problems and frustrations and the things we got to deal with in life and, and the things that weigh us down and burden us and rob us of our peace and, 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 and kind of distract us, all those life issues in life, and there's plenty of them for all of us. Jesus said, here's the, here's the answer, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness And all these other things are going to be given to you as well. In other words, put God in his kingdom first and you're going to be good. He's going to supply everything you need according to his riches and glory if you put him first. The kingdom matters. The rule and reign of God, God's ways, walking in and trying to stay in the center of God's kingdom as you walk out these doors matters monumentally because if you put him first, he's going to do all these other things. It's amazing. Here's a few notes, and if you can take some, jot some of these down, I think this is important. Um, in preparing for this, um, for this message, I really felt the Lord burdened me to say that there's so much to share on the kingdom, and it's even hard to do uh, in a couple of weeks, but we're going to be talking about it this week and next week, and I guarantee if you really dive into this, you're going to have a far deeper understanding of God's power and promises and privileges for you to explore and walk in, not just know about but to explore them and walk in them. And these kind of things will change your life. Uh, The first one is this. uh, If we don't know what the kingdom is, uh, we won't know how to seek it first. If we don't know what the kingdom really is, we won't know how to seek it first. The idea of seeking first the kingdom, that's a great idea. Okay, we'll sign up for that. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) What does that look like? I mean, how do I even do that? Um, Well, you gotta know what the kingdom is. If you know what the kingdom is, if you understand the realm of God's rule and reign and our place in it, if you understand the tension between the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God that are existing at the same place in the same time, and as your feet walk on the natural, you're also a spiritual citizen of heaven at the same exact time, and these two parallel worlds collide and you're living in both of them, but not necessarily as a citizen of this world, as a citizen of God's kingdom. And there's powers and provisions and benefits and things for you that if you don't understand them and you don't explore them, you won't walk in them. And there's greater victory for all of us. There is greater victory to be had for all of us if we understand this. So if we don't understand, if we don't know what the kingdom is, uh, we won't know how to seek it first because you have to understand the kingdom before you can explore the kingdom. I mean, exploring is the way to understanding. Remember I said I was at this island and this idea of a cave was baffling. I didn't know the island of New Zealand until I explored it and then I understood and appreciated it much is the same. And as you watch the apostles and all the early believers walking with Jesus, the longer they walked, the more they explored, the more they understood and the greater things they 
walked into. And, and that's my prayer for all of us. Here's the second point this morning. This is essential about the kingdom of God. And if, if you miss this, then you don't understand the kingdom. This is that important, family. This is that important. Number two is this. The kingdom has always been about inclusion. The kingdom of God has always been about inclusion. This matters a lot because this can shift your theology, shift your understanding, shift your life purpose. It will shift God's purpose for you and God's big picture and what he's doing and what matters most. The kingdom has always been about inclusion. It has not about, been about exclusion. Through history, the church might have done that a little bit. That's not the heart of God. The heart of God has been inclusion. And here's a perfect proof text that you know very well, John 3, 16. For God so loved the whole, God so loved the whole, that he gave his only begotten son. God so loved the whole world, el mundo todo, el todo mundo, he loved the whole world. God loved the whole world, everyone in the world. He loved everyone in the world so much, he gave his son. And some see and appreciate the sacrifice, the gift, and want the provision of forgiveness and new beginnings and say yes. And the kingdom of God is at hand and they go yes and they reach out their hand. It's at hand and grab it. And others, kingdom of God is at hand. They say no. And God loved the whole world because the heart of God is inclusion. To as many that would receive him, to as many, to as many that would receive him, to as many that would receive him, he gave the right to be called sons of God. Whosoever, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whosoever, hands out, kingdom, you want it? Some are like, yes. And some are like, no. But the kingdom, by design, has always been about inclusion. Our response to God's invitation hasn't always been great. But the idea and the heart of God, the reason Jesus came, God so loved the whole world, that's why he sent his son, because he loved the world. And the son came and he made entryway to the kingdom. And since 2,000 years ago, there's been multitudes getting in on the kingdom, the blessings, the promises, and the provision which some make the mistake of thinking, well, isn't the kingdom of God when I go to heaven? Yes, it is. But I thought the kingdom of God was now. Yes, it is. Third point this morning, the kingdom of God is already and not yet. This is important to understand how God's working in our life. The kingdom of God is already and not yet, both at the same time. The kingdom of God is already, when you say yes to Jesus, you are, you turn from your sins, you say yes to his provision and you follow him. You make him the Lord of your life. You're forgiven, you got a new slate. He actually puts his spirit inside you. These are present realities here and now. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. It's, it's not gonna perish, spay, uh, fade, spoil, or go away. Like you're, you're golden, you're good, okay? You're sealed, right? You're sealed with the spirit, you're good. You can be secure in that. And as you go through this life, you walk with the identity as a son and daughter of God. You are redeemed in your spirit and yet there are some things around us that we're gonna have to wait for the ultimate fulfillment. The kingdom of God is on here and now. It started 2,000 years ago. It is a realm that we enter. 
whether people entered it 2,000 years ago or 50 years ago or 20 years ago or some of you maybe today, it's a realm that you enter into and we'll get to see the full beauty, the magnificent culmination of it when we see him face to face because that, the Bible says, is a time when he will wipe away every tear from our eye, right? And, and there will be no cancer in heaven. There will be no, the things that are a result of a fallen world. We live in a fallen and a broken world and because of that, there is fallout. There is fallout to a broken world. We cannot expect heaven fully on earth. And yet, as citizens of the kingdom, there are amazing provisions and benefits and things for all of us to explore and to walk in. Yet, yet, some things we won't see the fullness of until we get to heaven. So here's the thing about the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom, is all about partnering with God in the supernatural. It's about partnering with God in the supernatural. God changes lives. God loved the whole world he sent his son. God's changing lives all the time. Every time a life changes and turns to Jesus, it's supernatural. It's amazing. These hearts of ours which are hardened and we do life our own way, we finally surrender to God, to his love, to his power, to his provision. We finally surrender and God does this great exchange. He takes away sin and he puts his spirit inside of us and, and now we are loved. We're adopted sons and daughters. There's a supernatural exchange taking place. And every time, uh, that, that's what the whole kingdom is all about. It's been about inclusion and it's about the supernatural of God interacting with people. And the first encounter you have with the kingdom of God has to deal with you personally, where you come into the kingdom of God and you realize, wow, how many of you made a decision for Jesus, um, you know, since you were, say, 20 or above, and you began to actually see things differently, like with your eyes? How many? Okay. You literally, things don't look, am I, can I get a show of hands again? Yeah. Things, for some reason, they don't even look the same. The way they looked last week, and then you accept Jesus, and then the way you look through, your, you're like, oh my goodness, things just look different. Why? Because something supernatural happened to you. I once was blind, and now I see. The Bible says he takes scales off our eyes. And your friends might have the same scales. They're like, I don't even know what happened to you. You're like, dude, it's hard to explain. But here's the deal. I see stuff now that I never saw before. And you can too. What are you talking about? It's supernatural. It's following Jesus. You step into the kingdom. He does, you just, it's supernatural. And it has to do with you first. You first. Your change, your transformation, your understanding, your place in God's kingdom. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Why you were made. All these things. You start to understand this intimacy with God that can be had through worship and intimacy with God through his word. It's beautiful. But then, but then, if you keep your experiences in the kingdom just between you and God. You're really not going to grow a whole lot. The reason is the kingdom wasn't designed to be just between you and God. By design, the kingdom is about inclusion, right? Isn't that what it's about? God loved the whole world or just me and you? He loved the whole world. And because he loved the whole world, the kingdom is about inclusion. And so... The inclusion part of it is the 2.0 part of the kingdom. So when you experience and explore the kingdom personally, it's absolutely beautiful and it's necessary for all of us to get our stability, to know our identity, to know who we are, to know whose we are, 
to, to really get some good footing, to be solid in our faith and go, all right, I got this now. God's doing a new work in me and I'm, I'm, I'm throwing off the old stuff and I'm walking in the new power and this is really good. Now what? Here's the deal. If we stay there, we'll be stuck. We got to step into the next level of experiencing the kingdom. The level 2.0 of the kingdom has to do with others, has to do with others. And when you read all the explosive stories in the Bible, and we all love the stories, guys. We read the stories, and even in history, the coolest stories you're ever going to hear of God showing up and people experiencing the kingdom and exploring the kingdom will always have to do with somebody working with God on behalf of others. When you work with God on behalf of others, you can expect him to show up in a way that is very tangible. Why? Because he does love you, but guess what? He loves others. He loves others big time. He loves people that we don't always think are very lovable. God's like, oh, I love them. I love them. And because he loves them, if you and I will engage with God in his kingdom realm, in the rule and reign of God, we begin to see with his eyes, begin to hear with his ears, maybe speak with his voice. We begin to come alongside others. We come alongside others and start to share the love of God. Tell them about their purpose. Tell them how loved they are. Tell them how free they can be. Tell them what new beginnings and new life is all about. The hope and the future. And, and, and all of a sudden, you begin to partner with God and then you will get to experience the kingdom as you explore it this way in a way you've never experienced before. According to Barna Research Institute, they have an incredibly, and I didn't write it down, incredibly high statistic of believers, people who say they follow Jesus, who have never, that rarely share their faith or maybe never led somebody else to the Lord. I would say the early church didn't know anything about that kind of mindset. They understood the kingdom was vertical and then it went horizontal, poof. It was download from heaven and poof, it was give it away. And the more they did this, the more they experienced and they explored the kingdom. And the more they saw how God worked and what he did through people. And people had stories to tell, but if we just keep it with our own little vertical thing, us and God, again, it's a great place to start. It's a necessary place to start. But we can't stay there because the kingdom wasn't made to stay there. That's why Jesus kept sharing it. Every town he went to, he just didn't say to the 12, I love you guys, you're good. He just kept going everywhere. Even when he rose and he saw the multitudes, he kept giving away the kingdom because it's for everyone. It's about inclusion. So it's about inclusion. The kingdom is already and it's not yet. Um, And then so this one is important too, guys. When we talk about this kingdom of God, The way, this is important, the way the kingdom rolls out, rolls out into other people's lives. How the kingdom, the reign and the influence of God ends up having a direct effect on people around you that you know and you love and around the world. Where the kingdom begins to encroach their territory, God's presence comes upon them and they're like, I'll either step in it or I won't step in it. And this is a struggle that everyone has to have. I know because when God approached me early on, I wasn't gonna get in because I didn't know what God was gonna do to my life. I was afraid of what God might do if he got a hold of me. So I said no, and I walked around it. And I could only get away with that for a couple few years. I I couldn't fight him any longer. I'm like, why fight the love of God? Why would you fight 
the love of God because he pursues us out of love. Why fight that? And I finally had to come to terms like, what am I doing fighting the love of God? This is no way to go. And finally, the hardest thing I had to do in my life and the most liberating thing I did in my life was hold up the white flag. That's all. It's really not a complicated thing, but for me, it was the hardest because it was an indication of my will to actually stop fighting for everything I was going to control and put the king of the kingdom on the throne because before it was the kingdom of me and now it's the kingdom of he. It's his kingdom, not mine. I had to get off the throne as my king and put him on the, king, the throne and that's when he becomes the king and that's when you enter in. If you have a king, you're in the kingdom. And if you don't have a king, you're learning about the kingdom, but you might not be in it yet. If you have a king, King Jesus, then you're in the kingdom. But if he's not exactly king, he's teacher and miracle worker and good and good role model, all these things, then, then, he's, then you're learning about it, but he's not the king yet. And this is the qualifier to enter the kingdom. You actually acknowledge who the king is, acknowledge him as king, you step into the kingdom. But Jesus shared this profound thing, and this is what I want to focus on today. Jesus taught us how you and I can explore the kingdom, engage the kingdom, actually see, actually see and experience the kingdom moving, moving into people's lives, the kingdom of God having influence and reign in places where it isn't just yet because the kingdom has to be welcomed, right? We have to welcome and receive the kingdom. Yet Jesus said, you and I can actually partner with heaven in this supernatural reality if we're willing to walk in the promises of God and what scripture says, we can actually see the kingdom move. And this is beautiful, it's profound, and I would like to encourage all of us to begin to not only learn this stuff, but walk in this stuff. Uh, You know the prayer well, but you may not have read it in depth, but Matthew 6.10, Matthew 6.10, we have it up here. This happens when we pray, guys. Jesus taught us how to pray. And Jesus knew that we're gonna be in a realm of God's kingdom and yet we're still on this kingdom of the earth down here. At the same time, the two worlds merge together. And that's the struggles we have. Like, God, we love you. We know how it's gonna end, but why are we dealing with some of the stuff? And why are some people so broken and stuck that need freedom over here? And God's like, because there's a clash of two worlds. Let me show you how to pray. Jesus is like, let me show you how to pray. I got a solution for that. I wanna, I wanna help you. I wanna empower you. I wanna equip you to deal with this dual nature of the universe you're living in where God, the God of the supernatural, who is your heavenly father who loves you as a citizen of his kingdom, you can engage heaven in a new way to see this kingdom begin to have reign and influence in places where you haven't seen it before. How many would like to see God's rule and reign move in places. Do you know anyone in your life that needs the rule and reign of God? Do you know any places around the world that need, okay, listen close, because Jesus is saying, explore this. I'm going to show you how. It's, it's here for you. It's, I'm going to show you how to pray. And he starts out, our Father in heaven, your name is holy. He always starts out with praise and adoration before any requests are made. Praise and adoration before start asking for stuff. That's the model for prayer. He says in verse 610, Your kingdom, come. Your kingdom up there, God, come. We want your kingdom, God, on earth the same way that it is in heaven. 
Now we say that and we blow over it, but I, I just want us to camp out on this one today. If there's one thing you remember, one scripture you remember today, I pray it's this one and I pray you camp out on it. Your kingdom come, let's say this together. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One more time, really loud. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is an enormous prayer and I don't know if you know how big this prayer is. But these, this is the words of Jesus, and he told us to pray this way. Jesus is saying, God, your kingdom to come on earth the way it is in heaven. He didn't say, settle down and wait. Someday you'll get to experience it when you stand in front of me. In the meantime, just grab the wheel and wait. He didn't say that. He said, no, I want you to live in victory. I want the realm and the influence of my kingdom to spread everywhere. So you as my son and daughter, you as my ambassador, you as a representative of me, I want you to walk this out. I want to show you how to engage this world around you who doesn't understand the kingdom, that they will get the kingdom, appreciate the kingdom, and step into the kingdom. He goes, pray like this. Say, Father, let your kingdom come and let it be on earth the way it is in heaven. In other words, let everyone down here come under your rule and reign and appreciation and provision and benefits and everything. Why would Jesus ask us to pray that if he wasn't serious about the reality of it happening? Why would Jesus ask us to pray something unless it were true and it can actually happen? Have you thought about that? The rule and realm of heaven, listen, being prayed and pulled, pulled down to earth. Think about this. The reign and rule of heaven being pulled down to earth. Jesus says this is a reality. Pray. Pray for this stuff. This is so important, guys, because we can be in the faith for many years and never even walk in this kind of stuff. Never even really get it. And, and, and we experience and explore the kingdom with just me and God, just me and God, just me and God. It's a very self-centered, it's where we start. We gotta get to know who we are, who he is, how we're, I, hey, this is beautiful. But at some point, family, at some point, I see some people do this really early. I see some people walking with Jesus a week and they're already going vertical because they realize this kingdom is too good to hold on to for just me. This kingdom's gotta be given away. And God loved the whole world. And now I'm gonna partner with God in the supernatural that his kingdom will be spread and shared in other dominions and influences and people will come under the influence and the reign and the rule of God. And so prayers like this are what changes everything. He's praying right here. Jesus is teaching literally that God's power and reign in heaven would be pulled down here on earth. I don't know if you've ever thought about that or what that would look like, but I think you can imagine some people in your life, in your family, on your block, in your neighborhood, in the workplace, around the world, people groups who really need the rule and reign of God pulled down on them, amen? You know anybody that needs the rule and reign of God pulled down on them? That's what this is about. That's what you and I are called to do as sons and daughters, to pull down the rule and reign of God, and we do it through prayer. Literally, you have the ability to pray, and pull heaven down, his kingdom come. His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said, pray this way. The kingdom out there, let it be down here. Jesus, I'm not saying this. Jesus said, let the kingdom in heaven be on earth the way it is up there. And up there, everything's under God's rule and reign. And down here, 
Only some are, and the rest is kind of fallout and chaos, right? Jesus is saying, pray like this. As a citizen of the kingdom, pray and pull heaven down, that the kingdom would come. You have the ability to pray and pull heaven down, and listen to this. You also, you might not have thought about this, you have the ability to pray and push. You have the ability to pray and pull. You have the ability to pray and push. Let me say it again. You have the ability to pray and pull. You have the ability to pray and push. What can you push back? You, as a citizen of the kingdom, as a son and daughter of God, you have the ability to push back the gates of hell. Because in the same prayer, he's also teaching not only that the kingdom would come, but deliver us from evil. Get the evil out, push the evil back. This is the prayer. Shove the evil out of the way and let the heavenly reign come down. Let your reign and rule come down on people that needed God and let hell get out of the way. Jesus was like, yeah, pray like that. Pray like that. Pray prayers in big faith that push and pull kingdoms. Pull the kingdom of God, push away the kingdom of darkness. Does this make sense? Pull the kingdom of God, push away kingdom of darkness. This is the word. This is Jesus. I'm not making this stuff up. This is, just, this is all in the book. Pull the kingdom down, push darkness away. Pull kingdom down. There's so many things to say in scripture about this. Uh, you know, years ago, I was doing prison ministry out in Chino at a penitentiary out there. And we, we'd been going out there on Wednesday nights for a long time. We got there one night and uh, we pulled up and, and at the guard tower, um, the guard said, um, you know, you guys can't come in tonight because the main chaplain who actually stays in the jail, he already left for the night. We're like, what do you mean? We always come on Wednesday. What do you mean he left? And he's like, well, he left. He left like 10 minutes ago. I'm like, well, that stinks. You know, we did a lot of preparation. We drove all the way out to Chino after work and we're ready to, you know, like preach out there and share the Jesus with a bunch of inmates. And, and the one chaplain driving says, can we just pull inside the gate? And he goes, yeah, but don't go anywhere closer to the facility. Just, you can pull in the gate, but you can't go in. So we pull over and this one gal who's in the car with us says, no way, Father. No way, Father. She opens the door, gets out. She's like, in the name of Jesus, I claim this terror. And in the name, she is pulling and pushing stuff I'd never seen in my life before. She's actually taking oil, getting out and anointing the ground. And I'll be honest with you, me and the other chaplain were going, I'm being honest with you. Why? (laughs) Because I have not explored the kingdom like this. Okay? She is praying and pushing and pulling some weird stuff I never heard before. Come to find out it's all in the book. It's all in the book. But functioning in a realm of exploring the kingdom and experiencing the kingdom. She's pushing and pulling some stuff. And I'm looking at the other chaplain and she's like, like, whatever, just let her go. Let her do her thing. Would you know it, within about five minutes, headlights come through that tower. And it's the main chaplain who left. And he said, I left the facility. I got about seven miles. I was just about to get on the on-ramp. And all of a sudden, the Lord reminded me that you folks are coming out tonight. So we turned this car around. We went in. There's many people who made a decision for Christ that night. Pushing, pulling, pushing, pulling. Even if you don't understand it, learn to understand it. Learn to function in it. Learn to walk in it. Here's the last step. And then uh, I'm going to like to ask the worship team to come up. The last step is this. As kingdom citizens, we can push and pull things through prayer and faith. As kingdom citizens, we can push and pull things through prayer and faith. 
and there is a lot more available uh, than you think. In fact, there's another scripture I have, last one I want to share with you, Matthew 16, 9. This is what Jesus said also in regard to pushing and pulling. If this concept is new to you, uh, you can write down Matthew 16, 19. You can also write down Matthew 18, 18 that says the same thing as this, okay? Jesus says, I give you the key of the kingdom of heaven. And listen, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in the heavenly invisible realm. And whatever you loosen on earth will be loosened in the invisible, heavenly, spiritual realm. And you're thinking, are you kidding me? Come on. How's that work? It's not who you are, it's whose you are. You're a son and daughter of the Most High God. You've been given the power to represent. God is for you. Who can be against you? God's on your side. We're gonna unpack this more next week, but I wanna encourage you. There's capacity. Matthew 18, 18 says the same scripture. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in the, in the, not like where God sits in heaven, it'll be bound in the invisible, spiritual, heavenly realm. That's what scripture's talking about in the Greek. And whatever you loosen on earth, in Matthew 18, 18, it says the same thing and in the very same breath, Jesus says, when two of you on earth get together and agree and pray these things like this, my Father's gonna grant it. Jesus is talking about in the context of prayer, pushing and pulling, binding and loosing, changing things so the kingdom will come and darkness will go. We're gonna do something different this morning that we normally do. I wanna encourage you guys to, before we go, my prayer is that you just don't know about this stuff. My prayer is that you actually get to step into this stuff. Step into it. And so what we're going to do this morning, uh, and we're, just not, we're only going to take a, couple, a few minutes to do this. We don't have to do it long, but do it intentional. I want to encourage you to do something. We don't normally do this around here, so I don't want you to feel uncomfortable if this isn't your style. Uh, but I want us to get together in groups of three. Groups of three. And in a group of three, I want you to share the one thing that you really, on your heart, where heaven needs to be pulled, where God's influence and reign. Somebody you know, someone's addiction, someone's marriage, maybe it's uh, the Middle East, around the world, maybe it, I don't know what the issue, the problem, dilemma is, but you need to see specifically God's realm pulled into a situation where you believe it's not right now, not the way it should be. And also, something that needs to be pushed. Where you see things happening that you're like, oh God, that Darkness needs to go away because darkness is having a heyday in that area. And I want to encourage you to do what the word says in groups of three, to agree in faith and just say, God, I want to do your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to just pray right now that you, God, would, the, the reign of heaven would overcome this situation. And I also want to pray that the darkness would go away and say it in Jesus' name. You say it in Jesus' name. If you're not comfortable doing this, just say what you want prayer for. Let someone else in your group do the praying. But you agree. You agree by faith. So let's do that right now. Let's find groups of three. Try not to do more than that because we won't have time. And we're not gonna spend a long time, but go right to it. You know what's stirring your heart already. You, you already know the area. Groups of three. Groups of three. And we're just gonna go, God, this area, darkness is having a heyday and I'm praying in Jesus' name that it moves and goes away. 
And in the same time, God, I'm asking that heaven's influence, rule and reign would come down in this area and know that he's given you all authority to trample snakes and scorpions, that whatever you ask according to his will, it will be granted. Pray in faith. When two or more are gathered in my name, I am present, he says. So let's just pray that. The worship team, we're just going to play in the background and, and seek God right now. God's going to start moving some things because we're walking in the things of the kingdom. This is God's heart right now. Let's do it. Do business with God right now and believe and know you can. You do this by faith. God bless you. This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. We pray that this message has blessed you. To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit us at valleymetrochurch.com.